What's up, pals? Thanks for tuning in. This is Super Nerd Pals episode 84, the New York Comic Con special. Woo! Yeah, um, Chris couldn't make it because he's insane. He is taking a red-eye flight tonight to Germany for the next con that he's going to. What is, what is the con? German con. I don't know what it is. We're going to ask him, but he's there. That's where he's going right now, so he can't. He couldn't join us this year. I'm Stan Gadersky. I'm Andy Karasquillo. And let's jump right into it, huh? Hell yeah. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk about the big news that interested us the most from Comic-Con. Comic-Con and whatever came out this week. Yeah, so we're going to go over that stuff. We're going to go into our general experience at the con this year. Um, we're going to do the comment polls like usual. And then we're going to close the show with bragging about our pickups from the con, like the cool stuff that we found and bought, etc. Yeah, uh, let's start with the news. This isn't necessarily Comic-Con news, but it's Pokemon-related, so we're going to talk about it anyway. There was a new Pokemon trailer and news about a Pokemon Sun and Moon demo. And once you complete the demo, you get the Ash Grey Ninja for use in the main game when it releases November 18th. Uh, I can't wait for this game. I was wondering how they were going to do the whole Ash Greninja thing. Well, didn't you get a bonus for the Ruby Sapphire demo once you finished it? You did. It? You got a, a free Mega Glalie. Okay. But this was a little different. Like, Ash Greninja, I wasn't sure how it was going to work, period. It's a, it's literally a Greninja with a different ability. Oh, yeah. Also, we never got to talk about the evolutions for the starters. The secondary we evolutions. Because that came out with the second trailer. Yeah. So we have Dartrix, which is the evolution uh, of Rollit. Torcat, the evolution of Litten. And Brion, evolution of Poplio. So are you still Team Poplio? I am still Team Poplio. Okay. I don't I don't know how I feel about the water star of this gen. I just mm. still Team Poplio. I like how the how Litten when it evolves it it looks a little more buff. Yeah. A little, a little more brawlic cat. I hope please do not turn into a fighting fire type. Yeah, he has a little gem. I mean, it clearly looks like a dark fire. Yeah. If they don't go with that. I don't know what to say. And dark fire seems the most obvious. I just don't want any more firefighting types. I think Poplio is gonna go full on fairy water. I you know what? It looks like it's going in that direction. And then that would be a really cool typing for a starter. Yeah, we only have uh one fairy water type uh well fairy water Pokemon and that's Azumarill. Mm. And Azumarill's one of my favorite Pokemon as I, of recent. I like Dartrix and how he's got like hair now in his evolution. Yeah. <laughs> he's a little green like like Leon Kennedy style haircut. But yeah, that's pretty much the Pokemon news. You can get the demo October 18th. Nice. On the eShop. Can't wait. Wasn't expecting a demo. I'm happy it exists, though. The next piece of news is in a trailer for Marvel's next Netflix series, Iron Fist. And also, they announced that Sigourney Weaver from Ghostbusters, from Alien, is going to be the main villain of the Defenders series, which is interesting. I don't know who she would be playing, what kind of villain she'd be playing, but that's different and cool, and I can't wait to see Defenders. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Defenders is going to be amazing. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, the Iron Fist trailer, did you get a chance to watch it? I haven't yet. So it's basically just showing Danny Rand fighting a bunch of dudes with his kung fu powers. Um, he's not in the suit. I, they might be pulling a, a Daredevil Season 1 shit where he doesn't get the Iron Fist costume until the very end of the season or whatever but it's iron fist kung fu his his fist 
like light up, they glow like a, like a pair of Skechers, like that, but like gold, and his fists like turn colors because he's got that key build up in his fists. It looks cool. I can't wait to to watch the series. Obviously, yeah, Iron Fist is fucking awesome. I think it's. I think he's really cool. Um, I don't like his beard. I don't like the fact that the the actor portraying him is like having a beard the entire time because. It just it just looks strange to me because I, I have a feeling that'll change. Do you think he'll like um, shave or something? The whole thing with Iron Fist isn't he like a monk in training? Something, something like that. Yeah, so I guess like towards the end he'll clean shaven. Yeah, he's the only example of a hero who I actually prefer clean shaven to with a beard. Yeah, I remember when uh, Aquaman had the beard and he cut it, and you were like, "No!" Every time somebody grows a beard and they cut it, I get pissed off. Like it happened in Super. Like there was like. A second where Goku and Vegeta had full on beards, and then they shaved it the next scene. I was like, "Come on, give me one arc with the beards." But yeah, other than that, I'm excited for it. Still need to watch Luke Cage, which yeah, I'm, I'm just I can't wait to start watching that. Kirstie wants to watch too, actually. She wants to try out the first episode, so we're gonna. I'm waiting for her for us to start watching it, but it looks really good. It also released the first like actual footage of the Power Rangers reboot movie that's coming out. What do you think? It's interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, definitely not what I was expecting for a Power Rangers movie. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's hard to say. Like, this movie seems to be portraying the Rangers as, like, outcast kids who do bad things. The Power Rangers, the original Power Rangers, were, like, the popular kids. Yeah. They were, like, cheerleaders and, like, they were star athletes. Head of the cheerleader, head of the martial arts club. Like, Like A students, like, super bright and sunny kids. And this starts off with, you go to school on Saturdays because you need to do it. The only people who do this is criminals and horrible kids. Kids. Yeah, the only, I mean, I was reading a little bit about it, and then somebody described it as being like the bre- the Breakfast Club-esque, where they're yeah, like that's exactly. a bunch of misfits together, and I don't know. It looks really dark, and like the color, the color scheme looked very muted. I don't know what's with every single like movie now wanting to be like super dark color-wise and very like muted. What, is, um, what does everyone have against colors in, in their movies? It's, it's- they're too colorful. If it's it's if it's colorful, it's not serious enough. This is the same bullshit. Last gen, where every game had to be brown oh my God, I hated and, that. and green and shit. And, they, and only now are we getting those colors back. You yeah. Know? And I can't wait for people to to realize that colors are better. <laughs> you know. And I don't know. Like, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Power Rangers fan ever, but I. My memories of Power Rangers is of being really corny and campy. Yeah. And. Having, like, these dark teenagers and, like, they have super strength and all this stuff doesn't really match up, you know? Because I, I don't recall them having extraordinary abilities until they put the suits yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, once the suit was on, like, that's where they got, like, yeah, when, the super strength. When they put the like, suit on, shit got real. You knew shit was getting real when the suit was on. But this, it seems like just having the morpher is what gives them their powers yeah. or whatever. I don't know. I guess I don't want to compare it too much and say, like, oh, it's not my Power Rangers kind of thing, you know, because movies are different. I mean, even, like, Power Rangers, even the TV show now, like, I stopped watching Power Rangers probably by, by like, Dino Thunder, but who's to say that that's not how they do Rangers now? Yeah, I don't know. I, I actually, I think Turbo was when I stopped watching Power Rangers. I was, like, over it at the time. Oh yeah, I I continued to watch Power Rangers for way longer. I liked Power Rangers. I had like the Megazord, that that huge fucking thing. Yeah, same. I got that one year for like Christmas or whatever. But like I 
after that, I was just kind of fell off. I like I liked both of the the movies when they came out, the original movies. But I, I guess I have to wait and see. I think their um their cast for Zordon, Rita, and Alpha Five are like really interesting. I want to see Brian Cran- Cranston. As soon as they show him, that's when I'm going to decide if I'm interested in this movie or not. I got to uh, see him as Zordon. Elizabeth Banks as Rita. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. And then uh, Bill Hatter as Alpha Phi's voice. I love this guy. Yeah. He's great. I think it's also interesting that they go back to the original Power Rangers. This is Zach, Billy, Trini, Kimberly, and Jason. So the question is, will they bring in a Tommy? No, they're saving Tommy for the sequel. You know that shit. Oh, of course. You gotta get that hook for, for probably the second movie. They'll probably tease it at the end of the movie. Yeah, be like, oh, there's there's an extra color here. Whose suit is that? And that's it. That's what it's gonna be. So yeah, I'm gonna wait till I see Cranston as Zordon. Then I'm gonna make my decision. Yeah. So that's that. Next piece of news is that Marvel announced that they're gonna do another Spider-Man animated series. Um, it's gonna start next year. It's gonna start after Ultimate Spider-Man concludes its last season. And it's going to take Spider-Man back to being a high school student again. And they're presumably they're doing that to be more in line with the new Spider-Man movie coming out next summer with Tom Holland. I feel like they should have just brought back uh, Spectacular Spider-Man. I feel like Ultimate Spider-Man's a really good series on its own. You know what? Not for nothing. I thought it was stupid at first, but the more I watched it, the more I thought it was like, okay. I know. It was great. It, it gave doesn't... me insight on Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and White Tigress. A lot more S.H.I.E.L.D. knowledge. There was a lot of compilation episodes with different characters. And people really didn't like a lot of the humor, but I thought it was pretty decent. You know? Yeah. The only one thing I hope for this series is Drake Bell comes back as voice actor for Spider-Man. I think he does a great job. I think it would be great if they continued the spectacular Spider-Man timeline and its characters, but gave it a, a different art style. Like a revamp? Yeah, like a revamp, but like this the pickup where they left off. Well, the thing is, um, spectacular Spider-Man at first, I didn't like the art style at all, but then it grew on me. I still kind of don't like it, but I, I like the plot line that they were going for. I thought it was really cool, and then they cut it down. Yeah. Cut it down. So that's that. Um, next up, DC announced that they're going to do another Batwoman ongoing, like a solo series for her. Um, she's currently teaming up with Batman in Detective Comics, but now she's getting her own book again, uh, which she hasn't had since the beginning of the New 52. So she's getting her own rebirth title, and the creative team is going to be James Tinian. He does the writing for Batman. Okay. And Marguerite Bennett who does the DC Bombshells series. So she writes for that. But um, Tin- So Tinian and Bennett are going to team up for the new Batwoman series, which is starting next year. I like Batwoman. She's cool. She's, got, she's like badass. She's got that cool-ass red hair. She fucks people up. I like Batwoman, too. She's sometimes a vampire. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I might pick up the series. Uh, I really like Batwoman. I think she's awesome. Yeah, can't wait. Cool, great. Thanks, DC. DC keeps pumping out really good new titles and Marvel, all the time. I don't know what the fuck Marvel's doing. Marvel keeps doing events. <laughs> but speaking of the Marvel, Deadpool the Duck is is new mini. Another another weird ongoing. Another fucking weird Deadpool centered dead Deadpool book because Deadpool 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 Deadpool. Are you tired yet? Cool. Me too. Are you tired of hearing that? Me too. Great. Fucking Deadpool gotta be everywhere. I wish we could go back to like 2001 where Deadpool was barely known and like had good books. 
I'm not going to speak for the quality of Deadpool books because I'm not reading any of them. But yeah, you have, but you have but that one. We had Gwenpool, which was fucking like ridiculous as shit, and then oh, fuck Deadpool. Uh, oh, fucking Deadpool the Duck. They have Deadpool. They have Deadpool Spider Man. They've got Deadpool and the Mercs for money. They have Deadpool back in black. They're gonna have this fucking dead dead duck, the the pool man or whatever the fuck. Uh, Gwenpool is like an offshoot sort of. There's that. There's fucking six or seven. Deadpool books right now concurrently they're they're doing Deadpool and Gambit or some shit too aren't they or Deadpool and Hawk Hawk friend Hawkman yeah. Hawkboy Hawk Hawk Eye some some part of his body is a fucking hawk all right <laughs> like what DC is doing is fine it's event comics we got a nice little resting period Rebirth wasn't even like an event you know it was just like here's a one off let's move forward. Yeah, DC, I mean, Marvel, the way that they, like, want to reboot something is, like, let's make a giant-ass event let's for, like, halt. five months. Let's halt every fucking book and all their storyline. Let's hijack every fucking ongoing and make it tied into this big event. Let's force everyone to buy every book, and then let's reboot it. You know what the most weird thing is? When I started collecting comics, I was more of a Marvel fan than a DC fan, and that has changed drastically well it's like an ebb and flow because when it was new 52 and marvel was gearing up for secret wars and i was like looking at all the new stuff that was coming out of secret wars i was definitely like oh marvel's doing so great but then dc was like let's fix our shit and they're doing it so far and everything that's coming out of dc has been like awesome and marvel's been like single books single instances of the books that marvel are putting out are great you know scorgo's great wolverine is great Howard the Spidey. Duck is great. Spidey is great. But then you you look at Marvel, like, overall, and it's like, this is a fucking mess. <laughs> it's a fucking mess. It's like, let's pump out fucking 25 Deadpool books and then do fucking 75 events in a I row. I mean, I remember at one point you, um, you had literally sent me the title of every single X-Men ongoing. Yeah, and there was like a million. And there was, yeah, there was like at least 30. There was so... At the time, and now it feels like it's all Deadpool. <laughs> it's, yeah. Deadpool the Duck is supposed to be a miniseries where Howard the Duck and Deadpool become part of the same body. Like, they do the fusion, fusion technique. Yeah, and they're stuck in the same body or something. And it's just, I don't know what the hell's going on with this shit. But whatever. It's stupid. It's dumb. Don't do that. Howard the Duck is just ending his run as of this week, as a matter of fact. And they won't, they won't let that boy rest. They're just going to put him back in, force him to team up with Deadpool, and whatever. Um, last bit of news before we move on is, well, not really news. It's just that walking the con floor, you see the new toys that they put out. And they have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles line where the, the turtles are dressing up as wrestlers. And normally this would be like, what? Right? But... And I don't really care for the Turtles that much. I wouldn't say I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan. I would say I was more of a fan when I was a kid. But now as an adult, it's just one of, it's one of those things that didn't stick. A lot of things stuck as a kid for me. Pokemon and Dragon Ball and stuff. Ninja Turtles was not one of them. Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers, those two weren't really like stuck on me. But this is cool because there's, one of them is a Macho Man. One of them is dressed as Macho Man. The other one's dressed as The Undertaker, which is awesome. <laughs> the other thing is that Figure Arts is doing a line of wrestling toys. So, like, Figure Arts Stone Cold Steve Austin, Figure Arts The Rock, and Figure Arts Triple H. I never thought in my entire life that I would see a Figure Arts 
any wrestler. Right? And, like, they're doing it for Stone Cold The Rock and Triple H, which is just, like, awesome. Yeah. Um, Figure Arts does a lot of, like, anime toys and stuff like that, right? Which is why I never would have ever in my life imagined this. Right. So it's funny because it's it's kind of really cool. But, like, so, I... Figure Arts lineup featuring Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, WWE. <laughs> yeah. And, but, like, I was looking at it and it, it looks, it's like the wrestling toy that I wish that I had as a kid. Oh, because yeah. Because it's. A hundred percent. You see it and it's like, it's Stone Cold and he has, like, his outfit, but then you can, like, swap out his fucking hands and, and shit. And it's all, and, like, ball joints, so they, it completely moves, like. They even have, they even include. Beer cans, but all, but two kinds of beer cans: regular beer cans and beer cans with the beer spilling out. So you can pose Stone Cold with the beer cans above his head, like drinking two beer cans as it's coming out. This is like the dream figure that I always wanted for Stone Cold, you know. And it, they're sixty bucks a piece, and I will totally buy this shit if I had the money for it when it comes out. Like, cause that is awesome. I don't have really any figure arts stuff, yeah. but I would totally buy a Steve Austin figure arts. Are you they kidding me? They come out January twenty seventeen for anyone that's interested. They're they're accepting pre orders for it now. If you're a wrestling fan, especially nineties wrestling fan, yeah, these are these are definitely the the thing to go for. I hope. They continue this trend and they do more wrestlers. I would love like a Ric Flair, an Undertaker, and a Macho Man. Oh, yeah. Like, can you imagine? Who would I? I mean, seems like they're doing some older wrestlers too. So I would love like Jeff Hardy. But I, I, I can't wait to see what uh, Figure Arts has in store for this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, it's really funny, but it's it's really cool and it makes sense it makes a weird kind of sense because you have these wrestlers and they have all they have so much personality you know like you can pose them and they come with that clear that clear like stand thing that you can like pose them with and yeah so that's like the news there's like so much news that came out of comic con but that this was just the stuff that grabbed us the most while we were there so comic con comic con 2016 god the most tiring Comic-Con of my life. I only went one day. Well, we both only went one day this year. Um, this is my fourth Comic-Con. And I came in with a plan. I was like, I'm going to hit these things, specific order, and get my shit done. And I got through most of the list. The only thing that I didn't get to do was the Iron Fist panel, which filled up immediately. Listen, I was online at 9.30. Uh, I got to the con at 9 o'clock. Con doesn't open till 10. So I got there an hour early, and while I was sitting online at like 9.15, Stan and I got a notification that the Iron Fist panel was closed. Like, how the hell do they do that before the show even opens? Like, what? Like, where? Huh? What? I don't know what the fuck went wrong. Here's my thing. I think panels are kind of useless, and I'm thinking, I didn't think that until this year. Because every time there's a big panel and whatever, any panel that's worth, like being there for all the news and trailers and whatnot are just gonna hit the internet like immediately after you know like the iron fist i was like oh i love iron fist i want to go there and besides the novelty of seeing the actors in person there's like nothing to be gained from waiting and going to a panel right because it's not like you know maybe they'll do a q a you get to talk to them but in terms of like the odds of you being able to ask a question at Q and A, in terms of you, the odds of you being able to meet with any of them one on one, very slim chance. Basically, you're there to see them and be like, "Oh, look, that's them in the flesh," 
and then to hear it and then have the news come live and to have that crowd reaction of everyone else sitting there with you. But other than that, all the all the important stuff is available. You know, you can probably watch a stream of the of the thing if you want. You know, yeah. so I like I'm glad that they exist, but I never get a chance to go to the ones that I want to go to for varying reasons. Yeah. You know, like for the most part. Yeah, Comic Con is very uh, crazy. Yeah, I think this is especially the... if you go on a Saturday. Yeah, I think this is the first year that I went to a Comic Con an hour after they opened and had to wait online to get in. Usually, yeah. as soon as the cons, oh, there's like a big ass line before it starts. But once it starts, people just like zip right in. You know, this year it felt like I didn't even feel like it. It was there was a fucking line down the block to get into the building at 11 o'clock, you know? But other than that, it's pretty much more or less the same as it is every year, kind of. Like, yeah. the construction of, of, you know, even in generally, like, where everything is. It's crazy. Booths, like, they keep their exact same location. Like the, so, I, like, the Bandai booth is in the same spot. That big fucking t-shirt tower thing that they have. There's, like, six of them. They're all in the same spots. Yeah, they're in the same spots. Um, even in Artist Alley, like, I memorized where all the artists were, and they were more or less in the same spots as they always been. I think I think Babs moved. Yeah, she did. But that's because she was also with the, the other, um, Stuart and, and um, Fletcher, who, yeah. who, are, who they're all doing Motor Crush. Tim Seeley was... Right across from where he was last year. But Robbie Rodriguez was in the same spot. Erica Henderson was in the same spot. Um, so pretty much everything was... The stuff is all kind of the same stuff, but it's like new things to look at, more or less. You know, yeah. new figures, new t-shirts or whatever. Um, the biggest new addition was VR. There was a lot of VR stuff there this year. And I didn't get to do it all, but there was the Resident Evil VR... There was the Rick and Morty VR, which I'm kind of pissed that I missed. Well, the thing with the Rick and Morty VR, I was going to wait online, but I saw how big the line was, and I was like, I'd rather not. Um, I passed by it towards the end of the day, and the line was actually significantly shorter. But at that point, I was exhausted, and I didn't want to wait on anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, I spent two hours of the, of the day waiting online for the Resident Evil 7 uh, VR demo. There was two versions of it. There was the Lantern demo, which is the brand new one. It's It has, like, gameplay and whatever. But that one was ticketed because fucking of course it was, right? Yeah. And those tickets went immediately, right? They were all gone within the hour of opening. Um, then they had the standby one, which was kitchen, the kitchen demo, which was the initial demo for Resident Evil 7 before Resident Evil 7 was even announced. So basically when they were doing PSVR, they showed off the kitchen demo and it didn't have like a name attached to it or a game attached to it, but now it does. It's Resident Evil. So that was for everyone else who wanted to line up and try out the VR stuff. And that's what I did. I waited two hours online to do the kitchen demo, primarily because I've never done VR at all, ever, before. So this was my first taste of VR, especially PlayStation VR. I wanted to try it out. And it was a really interesting experience. The demo itself was like five minutes long, but you're essentially sitting in a chair the whole time and you're supposed to be like tied up in the chair, a hostage. They actually show the scene at the end of the Resident Evil 7 demo that you can download on the on the PlayStation um, of you like sitting in the chair and the guy comes to cut you out. But then the, the scary like ghost woman with a knife like shows up, right? Um, this is basically, so this is basically what happens. You're sitting in the chair 
there's a camera in front of you, like a tripod that's recording you, and you use the PlayStation cam, the PlayStation remote to knock the camera over, and that sets in motion the events of the demo. The guy wakes up on the floor, he tries to cut you out of the chair, then the ghost woman shows up, stabs the dude, drags him off screen, cuts off his head, throws it at you, and then like comes after you. But it was really awesome because I've never done VR before. It was more of the experience. The yeah, VR experience. The VR yeah. experience was great, and I and I was glad that I lined up to experience it because it was really interesting to be able to sit there and have this thing on your face and to be able to look in any direction and yeah. like see the the video game. And it was like really surreal because it's like you put you put on the the headset and not for nothing the headset's like incredibly comfortable. Really, it's like the most comfortable thing I've ever worn on my face that took up all of my face. <laughs> It's cushioned, there's a button on it that lets you adjust it, so you can like fit it exactly to your face, and you can wear glasses with it. You don't have to take your glasses off. That's awesome. Um, the woman who was there, who was like walking me through how to set it up, basically was like, you don't have to take your glasses off. And I was like, really? Is it going to smush against my face? And no, it didn't at all. I it barely felt like I was wearing anything on my head. Granted, I was only wearing it for a few minutes. I don't know how it will feel after wearing it for like a couple hours. And it was like super weird because it, it the you can see the lenses go over your eyes. But as soon as that happens, I don't remember seeing anything else but the game world. It just my entire vision was the fucking video game. That's insane. So like it it was like just bizarre like out of body experience where I was like in two places at once. <laughs> it's like I knew I was physically present. At Comic-Con, but my eyes and my brain were perceiving this, like, spooky kitchen. It was it was so bizarre. And the way it was on my face, everything had, like, depth perception, you know? So I knew it was, like, I was looking at graphics, but it, it, was, it looked like I could reach out and touch everything. And when the guy stood up and got in my face, I could see all his details, and he was, like, a digital man. So I knew he wasn't real, but he was there. And it's like 3D, but it's better because it looks like you're in the center of everything. It looks a little bit like one of those 3D camera things that you see on Facebook. Where it's like, rotate the thing in any direction. You'll see it all around. But it was like, real. It was like you were there. And like I don't remember... I don't think there's ever been a time in my life where I was in a video game and I was having fun looking up at the ceiling. <laughs> like, I don't think I, there's ever been... No, 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 no. There was one other time in my entire life where looking at a ceiling was fun. And that was Super Mario 64. Yes. When you look up the ceiling and you do the fucking flying level, that was like, oh shit, I can look up, I can see the ceiling, and then it's a secret level. But this was just like, I don't know if it was just the novelty of it, and if that'll wear off eventually, but like, just like, oh shit, like, the ceiling fan in this kitchen is right above me, and oh, the fridge is on my right, and then I looked down and I saw the dude's legs that I was inhabiting, like his virtual body, like the Matrix, you know, I was looking down and I was like, oh shit, there's legs like there. My virtual legs. I, I looked this way and I was like, oh shit, I could see, I could see the dude's shoulder, and then I like turn around, I look behind the chair, and I could see like, the rest of the room behind me. You know, it was crazy. I cannot wait to experience the VR. Yeah, well, the, PlayStation VR. The, the, the thing is, is that I had no no desire to own a VR headset or do any of that. Like, of course, it sounds super cool when you hear stuff about it, right? But I was never like, ah, I want, uh, do I want it? And I was like, no, of course not, right? But trying it and doing it and seeing it for myself turn me from being someone who didn't want it at all to being someone who was like, you know what? This is actually pretty cool and I would actually play shit with this. And I would especially Resident Evil. Yeah. Like it was really the kitchen demo was really controlled, so it it wasn't really scary. It was more like um watching a 
slasher movie where it's like you're like laughing because it's so absurd that this is going on in front of you. So like sitting in the chair like smiling and laughing while all this like scary brutal shit was happening because this is I'm like this is fucking this is insane. Like what the fuck is going on, right? But I feel like if I was actually playing Resident Evil Seven and not knowing what's around the corner because playing the the demo with the controller scared the shit out of me. You know, like not knowing what, what was up in the attic or whatever that was scary yeah. so i can't imagine doing that with the headset not knowing what's going to come around the corner you know but i'm pretty sure that i want the headset now and i'm probably going to get it once the price is more manageable and when there's like more out there you know yeah when when the x-wing shit comes out for it maybe maybe but this is good because i went from zero interest in owning it to maybe eventually you know which is like different yeah. And better. I mean, it's good. Um, it's good to know that just a simple kitchen demo could change your perspective on yeah. the PlayStation VR. I was like, cause like, I was thinking, like, how how immersive could this be? And with the headset, with the headphones on, totally. It was being, it was like being in, like, a funhouse, you know what I'm saying? Like, where you're just like, what the fuck is this? This is not real life, but, it, but it's an approximation. You I know? mean, and they built the entire house in the Javits Center. Yeah, the house was there, and it was cool, <laughs> and each room was made up to look like a room that would exist in, in that Resident Evil 7 house, you know? It Which was is like, fucking amazing. It was, like, amazing. spooky. There was, like, VHS tapes on the on the thing. It was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I liked doing it. That was probably one of my highlights for Comic-Con this year. Awesome. What else did you do? Um, I got to meet one of my favorite actors. He's the actor that plays Tyrese in The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there promoting his comic called Treadwater. It's put out by Dark Rose. So he was he was like there. Obviously I wasn't there for this book. But um to take a picture with him it was fifty dollars. To get an autograph it was another fifty dollars. And the guy running the booth had told me if I purchased both Treadwater books that I can uh get an autograph for free. So I was like, alright, how much are the books? He told me thirty dollars, paid the thirty and I got to meet uh, Chad Coleman. Cool. He's a fucking awesome guy. I happened to have a Tyrese Pop in my hand. And he saw it and he was like, oh, Tyrese Pop, I'll sign that for you. Nice. And uh, that was, of course, that's what I wanted to get signed. But he didn't only sign that. He signed both of my books. And it was fucking awesome. It was did, a great experience. Did you get a chance to read it? I did not get a chance to read it yet. But I plan on reading it later this week. Read it and let us know what you thought. Oh yeah, of course. But it sounds like a cool. But a cool I cannot. Moment. I cannot wait. That was definitely my highlight. And then I got to see him later on in the day. I was actually walking to meet up with Stan, and I ran into him, and he recognized me, and that was just an awesome fucking moment. Nice. Yeah. Um. That's. I brought a bunch of pops too, which I never. I've never done before, but it's. But it's a great idea, especially if it's like. A character from like a comic book or whatever that you know the creative team is going to be there or in your case Tyrese yeah yeah. yeah, the actor for Tyrese Um, and so I brought Batgirl I brought Squirrel Girl and I brought Spider-Gwen and I got Batgirl signed I got Squirrel Girl signed by Erica Henderson and Ryan North and Robbie Rodriguez signed Spider-Gwen so did um, Rico Renzi who is the colorist for Spider-Gwen so they both signed it, which is really awesome. Robbie Rodriguez is super chill at Comic-Con, by the way. <laughs> Can we talk about Robbie Rodriguez for a second? He's really, he's a really chill dude. and He's he just kind of like fucking chilling every year. Every year at Comic-Con. We always approach... He, 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 for some reason, this dude does the art for Spider-Gwen. One of the most popular new characters, sort of new, to come out of 
um, Spider Verse, and and you if you look, fucking Spider Gwen is everywhere now. You know she blew up, right? And that was created by Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez. And every Comic Con, Robbie Rodriguez is at his table just hanging out, and there's not like a huge queue of people like lining up or anything. There's I us- literally had to wait for one person. Yeah, there's usually a couple people, sure, but it's just like. It's not at all like how you would see people lining up for Babs Tar, you know. So which is crazy, but it's he's always he's always super nice, you know. And and I this is my third time seeing him. Right, we saw him right before Spider Gwen was even announced for an ongoing. Yeah, when it was just the Edge of Spider Verse issue that came out, and she was in Spider Verse. And then he he like personally like told us that yeah didn't officially confirm it but, but pretty like, much confirmed it he was just like oh i got something extra there <laughs> and we were like okay and then like three hours later yeah. it was like spider gwen's getting her own ongoing yeah i saw him so he could sign the edge of spider verse issue and i was like so is there any news about an ongoing he was like can't really say anything but you know and i was like ah it's gonna happen and it happened and so, uh, yeah, every year. Last year I brought the Spider-Gwen issue one for him to sign, and Jason Latour also, and this year I had the pop. Yeah. So, he's super cool. Yeah, he's really awesome. Uh, which is also weird, because not only did I get him to sign my pops at Comic-Con, but he was also at a local comic shop in New York the week before, and he signed all of my Spider-Gwen issues. So, there's that, too. But, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for the Comic-Con experience. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just give you some tips if you're ever thinking of going to Comic-Con or any other con. Pack an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> Check the weather. Bring a sandwich or some kind of meal so you don't have to pay the exorbitant fees. Bring water. Bring water. Um, and maybe bring some snacks. And that could be, like, trail mix. That could be a granola bar. Whatever. I guarantee you, you're going to get there. You're going to get hungry. And it's better to have something with you that you can eat really quickly so you can keep keep it moving. Some other things that I brought with me, I brought some Advil. Because <laughs> I tell you what, usually, you know, all those lights, all those people, all that noise, um, all that movement. You might get dehydrated. You might forget to drink some water. You might get a headache. Just bring some deodorant. Bring some gum because you'll probably be talking to people. And you'll probably get sweaty. Those are my Comic-Con tips. <laughs> And I'll always have a plan of action. Always because, have a plan. Because they will never go as planned. But if you have a checklist, and that's what I did. I had a checklist of things I wanted to hit, so you know exactly where to go. Yep. And once you get those out of the way, you can spend the rest of the con doing whatever. My checklist consisted of getting a few pops and getting my shit signed. And once I got all of that, I was like, well... I'm Time free to, to do out. whatever. Yeah, it completely reduces any kind of stress of having to run around doing like I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. Keeps you on point and gets all the things you have to get done done. Right. The only thing that didn't get checked off of my list was the Iron Fist panel. Like I said, but I hit up Artist Alley early. You know, be- before the huge crowds poured in. You know, you want to usually do that before noon, and then you hit up your favorite creators. You get your shit signed. You buy some prints. Or whatever, and you do what you gotta do. Alright, so, Comic Pulls for this Wednesday. 12th. Wednesday the 12th. Comic Pulls for this Wednesday the 12th. We really need Chris back. (laughs) (laughs) Every time he's gone, we just fall apart. Alright, so, Andy and I are gonna both pick up Doom Patrol number 2. 
I read Doom Patrol number one, and he hasn't had a chance because I've been holding his copy. I forgot to give it, <laughs> I forgot to give it to him until just now. I just did. Um, it's a, it's really crazy, but it's interesting. And Gerard Way Gerard Way writes it, and it's pretty wild. Um, Gerard Way is known for doing wild shit. Yeah, it's it's really interesting what he's doing with Doom Patrol. And Chris was on point when he compared it to the X Men because it does it does really feel like DC's version of the X Men. You have a lot of like outcast kids and adults, etc. Like. And there's, like, a robot, and there's, like, a tiny society of people living inside of a gyro. <laughs> I, yeah. Doom Patrol. Suicide Squad 4, I'm picking that up. Um, it's continuing the arc that I mentioned the last episode with Zod. It's a good book. I'm kind of curious where that goes. Yeah. A um, couple books are coming to a close. Darth Vader's having his last issue with issue 25. Howard the Duck has his last issue. That's issue 11. Um, I stopped following Vader right before they announced that it was getting canceled. I was just about to pull Vader off my list, and then they announced it. And I was like, well, Might as well I shall stick with it. Yeah. Um, Clone Conspiracy is starting, which is the next big Spider-Man event. How do you feel about that? I have zero interest. I have zero interest. Um, I was more interested when it was Dead No More. Because I was like, "What's gonna, how are they coming back to life? What's What the fuck's happening? And, and it's fucking clones. It's always fucking clones with Spider-Man. There's a joke about the clone saga shit in the Squirrel Girl graphic novel. Squirrel Girl beats up the Marvel Universe. Because the premise of the book is that Squirrel Girl kind of has a clone. Who's also Squirrel Girl, right? It's okay. Clone. Um, and the clone goes bad. But before the clone goes bad, bad they're like te- they're teaming up. So double the Squirrel Girl, and they happen to team up with Spider Man for a little while. And Spider Man's kind of like asking them questions, and they're like, "So you have, you don't have any problems with these with, with your clone? <laughs> um, are you sure? How do you know for sure that you are the original, not the clone?" And, and Squirrel Girl's kind of like, "Well, it's kind of obvious." Right, we came into the cloning chamber on the left, and my clone woke up on the right, and so that's how the clone knows that it's a clone because it woke up on the other side of the cloning chamber. And Spider-Man was kind of like, "That's actually really reasonable." <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think about that. And so it's just, it's a funny joke about the clone saga with Spider-Man because he has so many fucking problems with clones, and he's having more problems with clones. The only thing that would make me interested in the clone conspiracy right now is if they brought back Ben Riley. That would be amazing. That would be the one thing to come out of this thing that would be of interest to me. But then what would they do with him? Would they make a Scarlet Spider ongoing? You know how many spider books there are right now? Do you know how many spider books there are right now? There's Spider-Man. There's Spidey. Spidey. There's Ultimate Spider-Man. Yep. Spider-Man 2099. Well, it's not Ultimate Spider-Man. It's just Spider-Man. Ama- it's a, so it's Amazing Spider-Man with Peter. Oh, yeah. And then Spider-Man. Spider-Man with Miles. Spider-Gwen yeah. with Gwen Stacy. 2099 with Miguel o- O'Hara. Uh, Web Warriors. Web Warriors, which is actually coming to an end. Really? Yeah, they canceled it. It's almost... I, I, either the last issue already came out or it's coming out. I have all those books, so... Yeah. Rip. Yeah, there's a lot of Spider-Man books. I guarantee you, though, you come out with a Scarlet Spider book, I will be there. I will buy that fucking book. I don't give a fuck. I have been waiting 20 years for them to bring back Ben Riley, And they sort of did in Spider-Verse, which I appreciate, with the Scarlet Spider's mini. But I want it to come back. They might make a comeback. I want him to come back. I, I want Ben Riley back. 
I want Kane back. Please bring him back. If you do that, fine. I will read Colin Conspiracy when it comes to trade. I'm not going to pick it up. Um, and that's it. That's it for the combos. Let's uh, close out this episode with our brags. Yeah, so we talked about the com. We gave you some tips. We talked about some of the news that came out. We only went with the one day, so that's why we don't have like a shitload to talk about. We we came in with a plan. We did. We executed the plan. We went to all the booths. We saw all the things. We, we kind of came out successful with the plan. Mostly successful, and we picked up some cool stuff along yeah. the way. So, tell me about your cool stuff that you picked up. My cool stuff consists of the Metallic Green Ranger pop. Super rare. Um, Toy Tokyo booth. Super exclusive. How much is, wait, how much is that Metallic Green Ranger? $20. And how much is it going for on the internet right now? Almost 300 Whoa. So, there you go. Um, Captain Barbosa pop. Limited to 1,000 pieces. I got the FYE exclusive Live More. Uh, that's the one that I'm jealous of because I wasn't even aware there was iZombie Pops and you got like the Rage version. Yeah, it's Rage <laughs> Live More. I also have the Live More in the trench coat like spilling hot sauce on the brain. That's cool. fucking awesome. I got the electric Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but uh, Mega Man, green, yellow. I think that was it for Pops. I got some Skybound figures. I got the uh, double pack Negan with Glenn in uh, color. And I got both variants of the Alpha uh, Skybound figure. Nice. Which uh, one is black and white with blood splatter and the other one is colored. Nice. Is that it? Yeah, that was pretty much it. I got a print of Squirrel Girl from Erica Henderson. Um, it, one of my favorite covers is the cover for the Mole Man arc, where Mole Man tries to marry Squirrel Girl. Um, it's this really cool, like, sort of a montage of Squirrel Girl and her team running to the subway, going underground where the subway is, and then finding Mole Man. So it's, it starts with them on the street level, running towards the stairs to the MTA subway. Go And then there's, like, that cross cut of like the ground and the dirt and then you go underneath and they're in the subway itself and there's all these like mole people inside the actual subway car which is funny and then you go even deeper and then it's where mole man is and it's like one of my favorite covers and i got that huge big huge version of it and she signed it and i also got a couple of stickers which i really love it's um scroll girl in the style of marvel versus capcom um it's spider gwen like drinking a soda with a, with a bendy straw <laughs> That she also drew, and then there's this cool like selfie sticker that has Galactus and Squirrel Girl like posing. Oh my god! Um, so I got those three. Um, I picked up Emilio, Emilio Lopez, who does all of the Metal Gear Solid art and stuff, and he, and he was there last year too. But he has he had an art book called Solid Zero, which is a collection of all of his Metal Gear Solid art throughout the years. And it, it I, I flipped through it; it's really cool. It starts with the original Metal Gear, and it goes up on through all the games in the series, well, all the main games. Um, Metal, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, Peace Walker, Metal Gear Solid 5, and even Revengeance stuff in the back. That's so awesome. So it goes through all his art, and every time, for every book that someone bought, he did a free sketch. So he, so I bought the book from him, and he asked me who I wanted him to sketch for me. And I, I paused because I was like, oh shit, like, all this Metal Gear, all these Metal Gear characters, which one do I want a picture of? And I was thinking Ocelot briefly but i was like nah if i get one sketch it's gotta be venom snake it's gotta be punish snake with the fucking horn and the eye patch he's the fucking coolest and he did it he sketched it he inked it looked really awesome love that book 
Bev Sar and the, and the crew from Motor, Motor Crush was selling this really cool bundle of of the motor of like an exclusive Motor Crush bundle, which had Mo, Motor Crush Zero, a couple of Motor Crush enamel pins and some stickers, um, a postcard, and this really cool thing that I didn't even realize was in it until like bought the actual thing and I looked through it, but it's a badge for Dragon Con that has art for Motor Crush on it. That's fucking awesome. And it says, it says Dragon Con, September, whatever, whatever the dates were, like 30th anniversary, whatever. So, like, I didn't go to Dragon Con, but I have the badge now for Dragon Con, which looks awesome. And even the, the little, you know, the little punch at the top where you put the lanyard in, yeah. it's, it's not even punched. So it's, like, pristine. Oh my God. Like, a pristine badge from Dragon Con, which is awesome. So I so I got that. Um, I haven't read Motocross Zero yet, but I'm super excited to read it. And I had the whole team sign it for me. Um, I bought a Spider Gwen T-shirt from Robbie Rodriguez, um, and I bought a bunch of books. There was the Pokemon Adventures art book, which was a con exclusive at the Viz Media booth, and I also bought the Super Mario Adventures comic book, which I've been really interested in reading it's like a collection of all the the mini comics that they did for nintendo power but it's like in a graphic novel format so i got that and those like if you made a purchase at the viz media booth they gave you a tote bag of your choice and of course limited yep which of course i got one punch man last year i got hello kitty i actually had the hello kitty tote with me because i was carrying my pops that i wanted to get signed in it and i went to the booth to get more Viz Media shit this year. And the woman saw the tote and she's like, oh. And I was like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I know. Like, thank you for coming back. And I'm like, of course. You know, like, they got the good books. I wanted to get JoJo. They had the JoJo manga, but it was sold out. So, um, and I think that's it for the books that I got. And I also got a t-shirt from the Fan Gamer booth. I was going to get the Sharks t-shirt because that's from Earthbound. And I wanted to celebrate finally beating Earthbound, which I'll talk probably next episode about um but it's like purple it's like the sharks gang logo on it but they were sold out so i got the midnight channel t-shirt from persona 4 so i got that it came with a little a cool little button too that's awesome um so i got that and the super saiyan trunks oh exclusive pop which i wouldn't have gotten if it wasn't for andy he got the hookups but that was the main thing that i wanted to get and i got it and got that out of the way so i can spend money on t-shirts and books and shit so thank you um and that was it that's what we got it was a cool con this year lots of things to experience um lots of people to meet um didn't go to any panels but there was more than enough shit on the floor to feel like it was a worthwhile trip oh yeah and we picked up a lot of cool books and art prints and pops and etc so successful year woo comic con 2016 done that was a high five and we're done for this for this week yeah, well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening. That was episode 84 of Super Nerd Pals. You can catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Twitter, Super Nerd Pals, Facebook.com, slash groups, slash Super Nerd Pals. 460 members. Join. Join. Get us to 500. Let's do it. Like, rate, subscribe. Give us reviews. Give us five stars. Do that. And then more people can hear us. Find us on our personal Twitters. I'm Stan Doom. I'm Sweet Justice One. Fucking Google us. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Tell your friends. Make this shit go viral. I hate that word. So stupid. But do it anyway. Please. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. <laughs>